He's just got his finger on the pulse of the whole Columbus music scene. From our studio located somewhere in the depths of the 614, here's your host, Rick Gethin. And welcome back to the Cat Club Podcast on the air for another sweet episode on this beautiful Mother's Day weekend as we have the guys in the studio. But first... We must thank our sponsor, Bossy Girls Pen-Up Joint, located at 2598 North High Street, right here in Columbus. They're a trashy yet classy hangout for local musicians, burlesque dancers, comedians, and entertainers of all walks of life. They have a great beer selection, whiskey, tasty sandwiches, locally roasted coffee, and free Wi-Fi. They're open seven days a week. Give them a call, 614-725-5402. That's Bossy Girls Pen-Up Joint. We're all rock and rollers here. You look like half a butt puppet. You know what it's like to be on the bill and to play for 15 minutes and the only people there to see you are the other bands and their girlfriends? Don't talk to me about rock and roll. I'm out there in the clubs and on the streets and I'm living it. I am rock and roll. And the guests that we have in the studio today, they are rock and roll. Uh, I've had the lead singer of this band on the show once before. I've known the guys in the band for well over a year now and I'm happy to say I still know them, still friends with them, and they have new music coming out. And you're going to hear some new songs on today's show. But first, Dustin Reinhardt, Austin Spears, Eric Lozier, and Mark Nye, better known as Dame Air from right here in Columbus. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you, Rick. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Appreciate it. Um, first off, Dame Air with new music. And it sounds, not that your other stuff was bad, it was really good. This sounds <laughs> well, we head and not. shoulders, head and shoulders above. The first EP. Thanks, man. In my opinion. But what do I know? Appreciate that. Um, we'll start off with Dustin. Uh, just because, you know, you got that, that wonderful hipster kind of beard <laughs> thing going on. So Sorry, the rock and roll, what? He, yeah, you're missing it, kids. He has a Misfits t-shirt on, so he's, he's okay in my book. <laughs> um, Dustin, we'll start with you. Last year, some ups and downs with the band. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of things fell apart for a little while, but they all came back together. Yep. And you've now brought in Mark Nye on bass. Uh, give us a quick synopsis, not the nuts and bolts of what happened, but, you know, was it misunderstanding? Somebody stepped on somebody's toes? What happened? I think it was something that's been coming for a minute. We all kind of just came to an impasse, uh, personally, musically, our friendships, everything was just kind of at this place where, you know, well, We've, we've done all of these things, what can we possibly do now? Do we want to take this next level? Do we want to tour? Do we want to, you know, uh, spend more time to, with the band? And, you know, some people can, some people can't. And I think um, a lot of those conversations just kind of came to a head at, at, the, at, at, the wrong, at the wrong moment. And uh, we all just kind of need to take a step back. And it really sucked at the time. I mean, it definitely, you know, at least for me personally. For hearts about, were breaking all over hearts, Central Ohio. <laughs> mine being the biggest one of them, man. And um, so, well, so was I. I was looking forward to new music for you guys, and all of a sudden it's like, what? Daymare is no more. But at the same time, um, looking back, I'm kind of glad it happened. I think we almost needed that whole collapse to happen for this new EP to be what it is, and for the band to be what it is. We're stronger. We're tighter. We're a more unified thing now. Um, so it definitely was not a fun experience at the time. But I think it, uh, I think it shapes the, the the new EP that you're going to hear now. Excellent. Now, every band goes through trials and tribulations. Um, was yours like one where at the time you didn't know if it was going to continue? Absolutely. No, I thought it was a done deal. I thought we were absolutely done um, just from the you know, some of the animosity that was going around. I, I thought there was no possible chance of this getting back together again or this moving forward. And 
this this guy Austin here, who's you know, and I'll be honest, a friendship had to be rebuilt there first and foremost before any musical things could happen. Um, but then once that was kind of going into, you know, falling into place, he was the guy that kept driving me, saying, "Hey, okay, we got to get back on task. We got to do this. We got to call this person. We have to, you know, we just start need need to start coming up with some new ideas, mm-hmm. figuring out where we want to go. Let's start small." Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if he hadn't uh, driven me like he did the first time around when we even started this thing, um, maybe, you know, version 2.0 wouldn't, wouldn't be, uh, what it is right now. Now you and Austin have known each other for a long time. We have. Um, we met in, what was it? 2008, I think, um, playing in that cover band. Yeah, I'm not sure what it was. <laughs> we were playing it. We, we, I actually met Austin. The Garrison was the name of the band, right? Well, there was, there was that, but uh, the <clears throat> cover band stuff was actually before. Austin and I met on the MySpace Classifieds in 2008. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That is brilliant. I was in like I was in like two or three bands, and I was looking for some uh, cover thing to maybe make, make some money on the side. I threw a, an, an ad out there, you know, bass player for hire, playing covers, whatever. You know, just give me a few bucks and a few shots of whiskey, but... Um, he responded. We, we, we met each other and talked. We were in that cover band for a few years. Then we were in the garrison, and then that kind of morphed into this. So yeah, we've been we've known each other for a while now. And I know that uh, both Austin and Eric, you guys have known each other since you were like knee high to freaking grasshoppers. Yeah. You know, yeah. Six years old, give or take. Uh, elementary school, like around fourth grade, fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Yeah. So it was, it was a long time. So we're gonna get the backstories and more stories from from Austin, Eric, Mark, and Dustin. But of course, we have to play music, and we have to play new music from Damir. Now this is a track that we played on our fiftieth episode of the podcast with Arch Madness from QFM. This is Villains from the new EP Glow by Damir, and you're hearing it on the Cat Club podcast. I saw you coming from a mile away You made a criminal out of me The phone is ringing but there's nobody home Don't make a criminal out of me You think it's easy but it's never enough There are so many reasons you can't see My heart is racing but it's time to give up
The band is Daymare. The song is Villains from their brand new EP, Glow, that will be released June 9th with a show at the Space Bar here in Columbus. Uh, Dustin, I'm assuming you wrote the song, or I at did. least the lyrics. <clears throat> I did. Uh, give us a little backstory on Villains. Um, Sounds like there might be, you know, some little, little tension in that song. The, the short answer is, and it's kind of vague, um, I suppose it's about not wanting someone to see the worst parts of you. Um, wanting someone to just be able to see what you want them to see and whatever you're projecting out, and for them to never be able to actually see maybe some of the so You don't want, the it, you don't want them to see the man behind the mask type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Can, oh. I, can, I, can I say the F word? The more, you can the, say whatever the more, you the more fucked up things about you, you hope someone doesn't notice, I suppose. Would that is good, true. We all a have a persona. Song. We all have a persona that we want to, you know, project um, certain things, and that you know, all of us don't want people to see, or you know, at least not initially. Sure. Until we get to know us better, and even even then, there's some dark kept secrets. Mm-hmm. But that song, I mean, it's 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 a jamming tune. Thank you. Um, but it, it it has those dark undertones mm-hmm. throughout it, which is is something I'm hearing in the new songs but like I said you know before we started the show today you know it, it's such a more mature sound for you guys um, was that a conscious effort on the, on the part of the band to go in that direction or I don't was this so. just the the, the outgrowth of, of, of you guys growing up I really think that's what it is I think it's just it's just a natural progression from the stuff that we started doing in what 2013 mm-hmm. when we first started writing these songs yeah. we've always tried to have kind of like a dark dark feel in there with the, I mean not with everything we do but with a lot of our stuff right we like a lot of different styles of rock and try to interview a lot of that stuff I mean it's it, musically the songs are they they have a different feel than like say Bleed Out from mm-hmm. the last EP mm-hmm. yeah. um, which I mean that song's up quite a bit of airplay on, on a few radio stations, uh, 99.7 The Blitz and CD1025 right. um, here locally. Do you think you're going to get the same reception or a better reception to these new songs? I mean, we can only hope, man. We can only hope. Bleed Out was um, Bleed Out was pretty big for us, and it was our first song that was ever on the radio. Um, Leslie James, who was at 1025 at the time, really kind of stuck her leg out for us. and. She could have put that song on just their local lineup, you know, or just mm-hmm. the, the you know, front stage with Tom or whatever it was. But she chose to premiere it during drive time the day after that I, I took it to her at a music meeting. And um, it just kept getting requested. And it was in the five spot for, uh, I think, a month straight. And I think the only day that it actually didn't get played in the five spot was the day that David Bowie died because nobody else was getting played that day. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, as much as I love you guys, you know, David Bowie. Not even trying to compare, but it didn't matter who you were. You weren't getting in the five spot yeah. that day. So, but like for that whole month, it was it was on every single day, and and it, it opened a lot of doors and got a lot of new people into our band. So I'm, you know, still stoked that that song did as well as it did. And that's and that's a great thing. And it's a great feeling. But we have to take our first break. We're going to come back on the other side. The guys in Daymare are going to tell some more stories. We're going to play more music. We still have three more songs. All premieres right here on the Cat Club Podcast. I'm Rick Gethin. They're Daymare. We'll be right back. Hi, Tom Bodet using this streaming music format to fulfill my lifelong dream of being a 50s radio DJ. Here goes. Hey, guys and gals, this is Tombo spinning the platters that matter at number six on your motel dial. Get a clean, comfy pad for the best deal you ever had. Just say, we'll leave the light on for you. The phrase that pays less. Man, that was fun. Book now at motel6.com or on your smartphone. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Man, I might just chill tonight. Puppy monkey baby. 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 Mountain Dew Kickstart. Dew, juice, caffeine. Puppy monkey baby. If it rocks, it rocks.
And yes, we're serenaded back in to the next segment by Daymare. Dustin very uh, much was a trooper in allowing us to use Daymare music on the podcast. We can't thank you guys enough for that. In the studio with us, we are happy to have and honored to have Dustin, Austin, Eric, and Mark, the members of Daymare, Columbus Rockers, that... uh, they had new music coming out, and I think really uh, people need to pay attention this time. If they weren't last time, some of them got it. Some of them got the Daymare thing. This time, you, I think you're going to hit a wider audience with the new music. I hope Welcome so, man. Yeah. Really and thank you for saying that. Um, I really dig it. So the new EP is called Glow. Mm-hmm. Five tracks on it. Uh, you're going to be obviously playing all five of those tracks on June 9th at the Space Bar. That's right. Um, Right here in Columbus on North High Street with the EP release show. Having copies for sale, physical copies for the fans? Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to have physical copies for sale. And we're actually also um, <clears throat> putting out a, um, an EP that we did over Christmas of, I think it was 2016 perhaps, um, that we released on online only. It was called Kill Me. The Kill Me EP, um, I remember so that. So we're going to run a little, a little deal at the uh, release show to where if you get a copy of Glow, you're going to get a physical copy of the Kill Me EP for Ooh. free. Um, that's got some acoustic songs on it, one of which is an acoustic version of Needles that's on the Glow EP. Um, so it'd be kind of a two for two for one deal. Very nice. The Kill Me is probably just going to be like a limited time thing. We're probably not going to keep having it all the time like the other right. ones. Very nice. Yes, yeah, so, so the fans are going to get their money's worth. I hope so. Live Daymare, buy the new EP. You get the Kill Me EP, acoustic EP. I mean, what's left? Of course, merch. And yes. In honor of you guys, I wore my Daymare t-shirt today. <laughs> looks nice. great on you. Yeah, it looks awesome. Um, I don't wear it enough, I'll be honest with you. I don't wear it enough. Uh, so I need to need to rectify that. I've never worn one. So. <laughs> I don't own one. Uh-oh. He's that guy. You can't be Mark, the guy that wears Mark your own. Mark is that guy. You can't be the guy that wears your own band shirt. Can no, you? I just, That's I, not allowed, is it? I haven't been in the no. band long enough for them to give me one. I would have to buy my own if I wanted it. Now, I will never wear this t-shirt to one of your shows because I am not that guy. That's totally your call. That's, you know, I am not gutter from PCU. <laughs> Don't want to be that guy. <laughs> um, Austin and Eric, you guys have known each other, I mean, since you were, you know, wearing short pants. Yep. As the saying goes. Grew up in the same neighborhood together. When I moved to the area, he lived there and we were going to school together and we lived about two or three houses apart from each other, so. So, did you guys have that shared musical interest, right? I mean, was that something you kind of discovered right, right together? It's like, wow, we, we both love music. We both want to play music. I think we're more kind of into, like, sports and stuff at first and mm-hmm. playing a lot of sports. And then uh, about a year or two after we were hanging out, we kind of I started personally started listening to music more when I was hanging out with Brian Yinger, who was in our first cover band thing we were talking about. You probably know him. He's a local musician, a good guitar player. I don't know everybody. I'm working on it. But when I started hanging out with him around sixth grade is when I really started getting into music. Me, personally, I don't know. What he was doing if he was listening to stuff then, but our friends all started okay. kind of listening, getting into stuff, and sharing music. Our little group we had in that neighborhood. Very nice. So, so Eric, what were the bands that influenced you at that young age? What were the ones that like? Okay, I want to be a musician. Oh man, you better be good ones. Yeah, there were so <laughs> many coming out at the time. I mean, early '90s, uh, Nirvana kind of started the whole grunge scene here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the first grunge band, I'd say. I'd ever heard of, and then you know Austin and I loved Pearl Jam, uh, Stuntable Pilots. We were into a lot of the main radio stuff. A That's all I had access to really sure. at that time. You know, and there was no downloading music or going online. It was just kind of MTV and radio. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Most, there's a lot of cool stuff on there. Most of my oh, musical yeah. education came from uh, 120 Minutes and Headbangers Ball on MTV when I was a little kid. Because I mean, again, no internet, no you know, nothing like that. Just Magazines, record stores, and MTV were like my, you know. Well, at school. least you mentioned <laughs> the two shows on MTV at the time that were, you know, worth the shit, mm-hmm. which is 120 minutes for your alternative, mm-hmm. and that it just encompassed everything. Yeah. Um, and had Bangers Ball. I mean, that that always was a strong show, you know, all the way through, especially when they have Beavis and Butthead on the show. Oh yeah, I <laughs> love that show. Um, so, 120 minutes was a good one too. Oh yeah. So many great bands that I didn't even know had videos. 
were played on, on hundred tournaments and bands that I knew and I didn't even know they had. Yeah, that's where I started hearing new stuff. When I really started getting into music and playing is when I started probably about uh, the end of middle school, high school. Mm -hmm. I started hanging out with my cousin. He's a tattoo artist. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was really into the punk stuff. So I was going over there and like hearing all these real fast, heavy bands. Like I never, you know, it was more aggressive than the stuff I was hearing on the radio. So I was into it. Right. So I got to, I got to sneak home some face to face, some Pennywise, you know, some punk records and stuff. You know, the '90s stuff, not the old. I like that stuff too, like Sex Pistols and stuff. I was gonna say you start, you start dissing on this. Yeah, no, no, no. I love that have, stuff. Might have to throw down with you, man. Yeah, right, right. No, I love all that stuff. <laughs> but I was just hearing this faster, tighter stuff, and I was like, yeah. So that's when I really got into drums and started playing. I mean, punk grew. Mm -hmm. Punk music from from where it started in the '70s to you know where it went to in the '90s, it really did grow mm -hmm. um, quite a bit. But we should probably play some more music. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think? Premier, yeah. premier another song. Let's do it. Do it. This is Daymare from their Glow EP. The song is called Landmine on the Cactus Podcast.
Landmine by Game Air, right here on the Cat Club Podcast. Brand new song from their Glow EP that will be released June 9th with a special show at the Space Bar. Landmine, give us the backstory in the song. It's a rock and <laughs> great riffs in it. Um, it's, it's really funny because when you listen to it on the surface, it almost sounds like someone um, having some kind of relationship issue, like having some kind of communication issue. Right. It's actually not what it is. Um, so we're going deeper. Not necessarily. <laughs> Just about as deep. We're going shallower. Yeah, we're going <laughs> shallower. Yeah. So it's a lateral move. Deeper or a different no. direction? No, it's a, it's actually about, and I don't want to call, you know, I don't want to get too much into this because we're not a political band. We're not, you know, we're, we're not trying to get into that whole sphere. But um, people that absolutely cannot hear anything without getting offended by it. Oh. Outrage fatigue. <laughs> snowflakes. No, not snowflakes. We're okay. not going. We're not going People there. Like are, I said, we're not going to get too PC entirely too far. Is that what? Is that kind of? Yeah, like to where you 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 literally can't say anything without it having to do with you know without it pushing someone's buttons. You know how many fucking people we offend with this show? Just saying. Well, and the irony is, <laughs> the people that call out. The easy to offend people are also some of the easiest to offend. Yes, they are. <laughs> and you, and you just basically can't. In 2018, you cannot say anything to anyone of any political stripe that is not going to piss them off. <laughs> My whole thing is there. I, you don't, go. I don't get pissed off. Me personally, if people bring up political stuff, everybody has their own viewpoints. Sure. And right. I, My only thing is, if you want to have that discussion, make sure that you've done your research. Sure. I'm with you on that. Just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true. We're old enough to know that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the candidates in the last election on both sides were shit. <laughs> and I'll be the first to admit it. But that's the way it goes. So, um, two of the songs that we're playing today, one we've already heard, Villains, and another one we're going to kind of close out the show that's my favorite off the MVP have actually been played live before this they have we heard them last year at the Cadaver Dog show that you guys were at with Invoke at, at the Rumba Cafe and that was back in February yeah that was a while ago it was a while ago so that was the so these second to last show we played before we split up yeah just kind of been percolating at the time yeah yeah I mean those songs I mean Needles is honestly a song that's been around since the very beginning um, oddly enough when mm -hmm. we first started playing together in Austin and I started writing together just as a two piece in 2013 that was if I'm not mistaken the second song we ever yeah. even wrote it was um, and it's so strange because a lot of things that came after that never made the cut and it was like uh, no, no one's ever going to hear this we might have demoed it but you know we're not going to release it um, but that song being that strong being the second song that we ever even came up with right. I think it's huge to put out on a release that's coming out at this point in our band's life where it's like okay is this where we really are you know do we want to be more true about like, where we are right now and what we're writing right now or you know some of the great songs that we that we had in the beginning well, the song wasn't done cooking yet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the song was the, the song was has, has been fully formed for a long time, but we never had a proper um, recording of it. Well, there you go. People are going to get it now. We'll be back right after this. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius, Hawaiian style. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. King of the Karaoke Mike. Mr. King of the karaoke mic Armed with your mic, you brazenly take to the stage Refusing to leave until every last person has been lulled into a peaceful slumber Wake me when it's over Country, rock, R&B From your lips, it all sounds the same Like a sick cat trapped under a parked car That's a flat kitty Sure, nobody's clapping but that doesn't mean you can't give them six more encores. They're clamping on the inside. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, oh hero of the high note. You sing to the beat of a different drum. Because the one in your ear is clearly broken. Mr. Karaoke King of the Mouth. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. If all radio stations in town were palm trees, we'd be the one with the biggest coconuts. 
the excellent riffage of Daymare serenading us back into the next segment. We are honored to have in the studio with us Dustin, Austin, Eric, and Mark, better known as Daymare. I'm your host, Brett Gethin. This is the Cat Club Podcast. Guys, this the new music. I mean, it really is fantastic. Thank you. It just it, it shows not only the maturity, which a lot of bands I would I would expect to become more mature as they do more music, but there's the maturity, but also musically. There's there's this I don't know. It's I don't even know how to explain it really. There's a maturity to it, but it's also it's it's deeper than I mean, bleed out. It's not necessarily a real deep song. No. Either lyrically or musically, whereas these, I'm finding myself listening and I'm hearing these little flourishes here and there, whether it's a bass guitar, whether it's guitars, drums, whatever, that I didn't hear on the early stuff. I mean, I think that just comes naturally, like when you're, you know, just like riding a bike, you're only going to get better at it if you keep going. You're only going to get better at it if you keep trying. You're only going gonna to keep trying new things, whether that's, you know, a new approach at guitar, like or a, a new a, a new drum fill or something that you've never heard of, or a new topic you might want to take on that you hadn't before. Um, it's never a situation where we're like, okay, guys, it's been a couple of years. Are we going to write something more mature now? No, it just <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of you know when you've been working with the same people for a while, um, things just naturally progress. Well, there's also this thing, and we kind of had some internal discussions about it where. I've played it for some people, these guys have all played it for some people, and people that have heard both have said what you're saying, that this is kind of on a different level than the old material, and we've talked about it amongst ourselves, and, and it kind of makes sense, because whoever wants to hear the reaction, well, it wasn't as good as the old stuff. Like You, you really do want to get better. Well, it's the not hardcore that fans saying, always say that shit, they've been <laughs> yeah. saying that shit for 50 years. Of course. You know. But I mean, you you want to improve. I mean, you yeah. you want to have a constant improvement, and uh, I don't think it's necessarily taken as though anybody didn't like the old stuff because yeah. I, I don't I don't take that from it. It's I mean, the band growing. You know? I don't think I would have been a Ramones fan if they, if every song they ever did throughout their career sounded the same as the first album. Right, right. Even they grew in the span of you know a minute and a half long songs, but they 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 managed to grow too. But that's the thing I really noticed that jumped out to me. Well, and, uh, on the first listen to these songs. And another thing about this way it sounds, Dustin and I have always wanted to work with Joe Beers, and we finally got to work with him when we recorded this. And we've always, you know, not everybody else who recorded our stuff, we love the, the way they did it too, and the sound that came out. But we've always, you know, really liked his work, and it was kind of tougher for us back in the day to get the money together and everything to do that. You know, not that he's outrageously priced or anything; he's totally a great deal. And great. But you had that awesome soundboard yes. and everything. Yeah, and the man. guy is that, just that awesome knows. in there. He the knows dude, what he's the doing. The dude's a magician. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've recorded with him in past bands. Mark's recorded with him in past bands a bunch but, of times. You know, we've and but we've never collectively as this unit gotten together with Joe Veers. And then I think Austin and I knew for a number of years that that's what we needed. Yeah. Um, and when we finally got to put that together, you know, after the whole hiatus, after everything had changed, after we knew like we had a clear picture of what we wanted to do, it was just it was a really good time for us to go in with Joe and with someone that focused to. To yeah. make this sound the way the way it does. And when we started talking about doing this, I I was just kind of like, we're going to do this at Sonic Lounge, right? Like we're going to do this at Sonic Lounge. <laughs> like, that's not like, even right? like, like, <laughs> stating you're stating that fact. There's no <laughs> question, right? We're not going somewhere, <laughs> no, somewhere else. Well, I I knew that they had done they had they had done the previous EP at another studio right. in another town with another producer, and it sounded great, but. When we started talking about it, I was like, yep, we're, we're doing this with Joe, we're, right? Yeah, we're, we're just going to Joe. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't really much of an option. So that oh. helps with the overall sound, I guess. Or, yeah, so know. all hail Joe He's just so good at the hard rock stuff, man. I mean, it's he does everything well, but I, I don't know that there's another, there's another person or studio in town that does anything in this genre as well as he does. He it added is. ideas to our songs, too, you know, that... We didn't come up with. He, he put some, some Easter eggs in there. Stuff. <laughs> he did. So he, so yeah, he was, I don't want to say heavy-handed, but he had a hand in, in, in not only just being, you know, wearing that title of producer. Sure, he, he definitely he definitely held more of a production role, but not in an overbearing sense. No, um, he definitely yeah. produced it with the band. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. So he didn't have the arrogance of Bob Rock <laughs> and Metallica. No, he doesn't. I mean, you, if you work with Joe, he doesn't he doesn't tell you how to do your thing. He just does he get the he most has, out of you? He does. He has the sense for okay, I know what this I know what you have told me you want this to sound like and 
I heard how you just played it, and it was fine, but you could do it better, so let's get another one. You know, that's that's the kind of producer that he is. Does he, when, like, if he comes up with an idea that maybe is maybe a, in a different direction than where you guys were going, does he sit there and say, okay, well, let's do it your way, and then try it my way, and then he'll listen to both of them, and does he give you that option? Or? It's a mixed bag, man. There was a couple of times when we were doing this new EP where he was just like, you know what, that note sounded really jarring to me in the demo. Let's do something different. And like, as much as my con- control freak ass wants to be like, <laughs> not budge, I'm like, okay, Joe, you're saying it, so like, let's give it a shot. Well, I mean, and nine times out of ten, it would work. He was right. The, the yeah. prime yeah. example of that was, was higher than that. Hey, <laughs> Dustin, ten times out of ten, <laughs> you need to go back and re-record all of your tracks with this Fender Telecaster. Yeah, ah. <laughs> that's that was another because thing. he plays a Gibson Les Paul and he plays a Gibson SG, and when you get those two in the studio together. It's very easy for all for them to get lost in each oh, other. Oh yeah, they, they But they a Telecaster is going to cut through them. everything. And so had I, Joe not said anything, we never would have thought to do that. Yeah, I mean, we got through, and I'm like, man, the, the guitar tracks are not cutting through how I want them to. And I did one song with this Telecaster as opposed to the Gibson, and it was night and day difference. It just woke up. And the I'm whole like, thing. sorry guys, we're going to be here a few more hours because I'm going to redo all my tracks with this Telecaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just and woke up the entire thing. It really did, and it's it's a huge sound of it. Like you'd never know it if we didn't tell you. But it's a huge sound of the EP as far as having that. So we have a Gibson and a Fender Tele on here. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't give a bit of a shout out to Adam Crowell of Crowella uh, Effects. His uh, he makes some pedals in Australia that played a big part in kind of crafting the way the bass guitar sounds mm-hmm. that we we worked with. Uh, Joe actually tried to buy mine from me, and I <laughs> I turned him down flat, but. He got in touch with Adam and managed to get his hands on one. Um, yeah, I, I got to give a shout out to Adam Corwell. Well, there you go. Well, we have to play some more music. So let's play the title track let's do it. of the EP. The song is called Glow. The band is called Dagmare. This is the Cat Club Podcast.
The song is Glow, the band is Daymare, the title track from their brand new EP <clears throat> coming out June 9th, 2018 with a show at the Space Bar. What is Glow all about? That was one of the more uplifting songs. I, I knew you were going to ask me that, and it's funny that you say that because it's probably the most depressing song on the entire EP. <laughs> 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 then again, I am blonde, so I don't know what the fuck Um... That song, I, I think, is one of the things you were talking about earlier was how different this EP sounds from the last right, one. And right. I feel like that's probably one of the songs where you would probably notice that more um, than any of the other ones. Um, and going back to what we were talking about earlier, that, that song is actually about the, the whole breakup and hiatus of this band and what that did to me personally and how I felt during that whole time. And when you're missing something that's really important in your life, it's kind of about trying to find whatever that thing is, that whatever that other thing is that keeps you getting up in the morning, um, that still keeps you motivated, and then also finding out, you know, that, you know, maybe it was music maybe the whole time that was, you know, was the quote-unquote glow that keeps you alive or, or whatever. So. Well, you call it the glow, I call it the warm fuzzies, and I had the warm fuzzies listening to you call it the, the whiskey. The whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know... Bar none, it's a great song. Thank you. It really is. Needs to be played on radio. I hope you're listening. The Blitz, CD1025. Hope they have to talk with Randy Malloy, the alternative station. You do that. We'll be back after this break with Daymare. This is the music show your mother warned you about. When you work late nights in dark, repulsive conditions, you probably expect to get paid. They don't. There are thousands of hard-working, underpaid men and women in your city right now. They're called musicians. Any given night of the week, they put themselves on the line for you and your drunk friends. The problem? You're not even there. The beer he got paid with tonight will never keep him warm. That guitar she still owes 12 payments on will never love her back. You can help. Go to your local dive bar right now. Pay the cover charge. Sit down with one of these outcasts and put yourself in their shoes. Take one home. Hell, take two if you want. Support local music. Sleep with a musician tonight. Without you, all we have left are ballads. If you don't like them, I'm sure your sister will. Hey, babe, you want to go out? Damier's the band. Bleed Out are the riffs that you're listening to right now. We are honored to have members of Damier in the Cat Club Podcast Studios. Dustin, Austin, Eric, and Mark. Once again, guys, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. Thank you so much, much, man. Thank you. You We still have one more song we're going to play, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, But, Mark, I wanted to talk with you. Um, Sure. How did your involvement with Damier come about? Um, so Dustin and I, I mean, we met a long time ago. Uh, I moved it. I moved Did he swipe Columbus left on Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Right. This was pretty tender. Right, I don't know. Right. I've never used it, so I don't pre- know. Pre-Tinder. Right. Pre-Tinder. He swiped, uh, he swiped right. Totally. We, we <laughs> played in different bands that, um, that played shows together back in uh, the day, as the kids say, which I believe was a Tuesday or was it a Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> um, Could have been Thursday if I was blacked out, so, you know. No, I, our, we were playing in different bands that played shows together. Uh, I moved to Columbus in 98 and uh, started working in a guitar store and meeting folks and playing in bands. Uh, one of those bands was called Koga, and we played with played several shows with Dustin's old band, uh, Me Times Ten. Then, you know, eventually that band went their separate ways, and a reformed version of that, Dustin was actually playing bass where I had before. I replaced Mark on bass in his old band, which is the weirdest thing ever. No, it, it was is weird. I mean, it was it was kind of odd. So, I mean, that was how we met. But um, when I was approached about being in this band, Dustin was kind of taking an approach that I had taken forming bands before because I had done the same thing where a guy who I had taken over for and had to go through and learn all of his bass riffs to play in a band that he had been in I then started a band later on, and, and I said, well, I want that guy in my band, because I already uh, nice. I already know how he plays, and um, mm-hmm. 
and when when Dustin approached me about doing this thing, um, it was it was very much that approach where it's I know how you play, and I want you to come in here and do that on my songs. Um, and he just he's always kind of known how I how I approach playing bass guitar. I'm, I'm not going to try and show up and be Les Claypool or Victor Wooten. I, I'm going to play for the song and the songwriter. So it was, we kind of got this understanding at the beginning where, okay, man, I'm going to come in and do whatever I want. And if you don't like what I'm doing, speak up and say so, and I'll do something different. Right. If it's not enough, tell me. If it's too much, just tell me. It's, it's kind of an open door policy. And we've had those types of discussions when I started just getting together with these guys and, and practicing um, where we would get through a song that I had just learned and that I had just put a bass line to and I would just kind of look around the room and say, okay, what's the verdict? This is your song. You guys have had it. Right. Is what I just did cool? Is it too much? Is it not enough? You know, give me some direction here. Um, which they were a little reluctant to do at first. Because <laughs> we were like, it's they, perfect. They didn't want to piss me off. <laughs> well, I, I have to say, Mark, I am a little disappointed. Okay. <laughs> you didn't walk in and drop Winona's Big Brown Beaver right on the table. <laughs> and you know what? I never Because would. we all it's just, would have enjoyed that, I'm sure. There is a time and a place, and this was neither of those. <laughs> no, it was, it was great because they just kind of they kind of gave me the freedom to do what I wanted. And uh, and I appreciate that as a, as a bass player. And, and that's... There are bass players who will abuse that freedom. <laughs> I hope I'm not one of them, but yeah. I kind of just approached them pretty early on, and I said, would you mind if I just played with a just balls-to-the-wall, full-on distortion all the time? And they said, no, absolutely, go for it. <laughs> and that was, the, that was kind of how I started crafting the tone that ended up on the record. Uh, as I mentioned before, Adam Cruella of Cruella Effects out of Australia, uh, he started out cloning a pedal that was used pretty exclusively mm -hmm. by Chris Wolstenholm from Muse. Right. So everybody is well aware that that dude has just kind of one of the baddest ass dirty bass tones on the planet. And if I could get a little bit there with my twist on it, I was happy. So um, who were your influences as bass guitarists that, that drove you into, you know, being a bass player? They're wide and varied and weird. Um, but as far as rock music goes, it's definitely... Tim Midget from Silkworm, mm -hmm. um, Jason Black from Hot Water Music, Joe Princeby from Rise Against, Jeff Ament from Pearl Jam, Robert DeLeo from Stone Temple Pilots, um, anybody that's ever played bass with Bill Withers, who I think is oh. the most underrated soul singer of all time. Um, that kind of stuff. You know Sunshine, baby. Yeah, well, live at Carnegie Hall 1972 <laughs> is the best live record I've ever heard. Talking to an old jazz head here, man. <laughs> I think it was Melvin, Melvin Dunlap on that record. So anyway, that's that's kind of where I come from. I I don't I, don't, I just I listen to a lot of weird shit. So Damer's getting a little classy by bringing this guy. We <laughs> are. Yeah, I think our class is up to you know at least a good fifty percent. I mean, I'm impressed, guys. I mean, um, Dustin and I we like a lot of the same stuff, and I, I, I know like from him as a songwriter, just kind of the way he writes. I, every time somebody asks me to. To describe what this band is, when I tell them that I've I've joined a new band, I always kind of go with post-hardcore riff rock, because what I hear in it is quicksand and shift and far and and things like that. Like those those three bands were, were definitely big ones for me. Um, you know what I kind of hear this? that. Stuff. You know what I'm hearing in in the, the new stuff? Hmm. Girls Against Boys. Hmm. Well, see, I wish I were more familiar. Great post-hardcore band from DC, man. Nice. I can't make an educated like comparison right now. I mean, and I was thinking that early Girls Against Boys. Like Hot Water Music is probably my, my favorite band. If I could if I could play like Jason Black, I would. Ah, um, there you go. But we both we both kind of like that stuff. So I kind of knew where he was coming from, and and I will be the first to admit that when the I didn't give the first EP enough credit until I sat down and started trying to learn it. When I had agreed to at least get together and not easy, guys not as easy as, as it sounds. Well, it's just I I don't think I I I don't think I fully appreciated the songs until I started yeah. really dissecting them and playing them. I mean, I I thought they were okay the first time I heard them, and then I started trying to learn them, and I was like, oh shit, this stuff's amazing. Oh, so, yeah. kind of went. There. It's grown on me, kind of like a wart, but you know. <laughs> I'm only kidding. That's how it has to happen sometimes. Sometimes it takes a repeated listen. Sometimes the first listen is not 
that you know easy like and you have to pay a little bit more attention so oh exactly you know it always we're not the Mars Volta but we're from one of those bands that I'm happy it, it always it always takes multiple lessons for me to really kind of get my my brain wrapped around new music from from a band even even a local band but we need to play one final song it's my favorite from the new EP one that I heard for the first time over a year ago live but I'm I, this one's different more nuanced at this point <laughs> but from their new EP Glow the song is called Needles the band is called Daymare on the Cat Club Podcast by Daymare off the new EP Glow available June 9th everywhere what made you bring this song back um again like we were talking about before um when Austin and I first got together and started writing stuff just as a duo just with 
on guitar and on electronic drum kit and in the you know just the most basic way possible. This is the second thing that we ever came up with. The first thing was a song called Dangerous Hope, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the second one that we ever came up with, and it just came together so fast, and it was just so perfect. And it was, like, even Mark said earlier during the break that this was the song that grabbed him. Like, it was also the song that grabbed me when we first started this whole thing. And it was like, wow, we can do that. It's always been kind of in our set, too. You know, it's like not one of those songs that's faded away. Yeah. I mean, we, it's, always, we, it's, always, it's kind of stood the test of time. A lot we, of different we, people have came up and said it's We doubted it for a while, and I don't know why we ever did that. We're like, well, let's take that out of the set. I don't think it's really much of a crowd pleaser. I don't think people are moving. I don't think people are responding how they should be. Um, but the vocal response after that was, like, on social media and so mm-hmm. forth, was always like, Needles. That's my favorite song. And people said song. we should have put it on song. the first EP. We probably should have. It's, it's so a great we put song. It on this one for sure. But it's, that's, that's it's good it that is we, the one that hooked me. It's good. I don't it's think good it was that we didn't be on the first EP. Yet. I think it's good that we didn't. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think it really would fit. I think it would have still People were asking. Agree. But that's you know that's kind of one of the things that I that I get to do as the new guy is you know these guys have known these songs for that song in particular for damn near five years now right and i did, hadn't heard it until five months ago so that was a I great fresh perspective when mark came yeah, in and said here are the songs that grab me and here are the songs that don't grab me and it's like okay wouldn't like you step outside of the box and you have managed to upset the entire school with this godforsaken noise things sure have changed since we got kicked out of high school yeah <laughs> this is the greatest show ever Yes, it could very well be the greatest show ever. <laughs> Dustin just runs out of time to talk. Sorry, I just keep okay. going and going and going. <laughs> you're 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 excited and you're proud of what Daymare has reemerged as. You're absolutely right. As a fan, I'm excited too. So I have to give thanks to Dustin, Austin, Eric, and Mark, yes, the members sir. of Daymare. The new EP is Glow, available everywhere June 9th. Be sure to head down to the Space Bar for the EP release show on June 9th. You know we're going to be there. Until next week, see ya! Well, I hope you folks enjoyed yourselves. Catch you later on down the trail.